Hey everybody, it's Rajesh here. And Tane here. Welcome to our podcast, Baskets of Knowledge, Chats with a Difference. In our podcast, we invite guests from around the country and around the world to talk about how they got to where they are at the moment. It's about a journey, it's about an experience, it's about their life. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Bosses of Knowledge. Um, it just seems like we are just racing to, race to, to this podcast because we're meeting some amazing people. Um, Tane, how are you going today after our last podcast? Yeah, good, thanks. The weather's changed. It's a bit weary, dreary at the moment now, but you know, can't always have good weather. Yeah, the joys of winter, right? The joys of winter in New Zealand. You just have no idea. <laughs> so Tane, what have you put into your Bosses of Knowledge since we last spoke? I think what I've filled in my basket of knowledge this week or since our last podcast is understanding that, you know, there's a lot that happens behind people's closed doors. And, you know, it's easy to see what's out there when we're with people and usually people put up a front. But understanding that, you know, just because people are doing amazing things or have all these achievements, it doesn't mean that they're not struggling behind closed doors or haven't gone through struggles to get to where they are today. Yeah, that's, that's so funny because that's that's pretty uncanny because that's my learning as well since we last spoke. And my learning is about the facade. You know, we everyone has a facade or not everyone. Everyone tries to have this this mask on their faces and they're trying to pretend that life is going all good. But inside, there's a whole different story. And it, and I think this is where um, communication and authentic communication is pretty important. You know, talking about how you actually feel without worrying about judgment is important um whereas we don't do that it's it's pretty hard for us to do that um yeah and that's i've seen that happen a few times over the last few times since our last podcast so yeah what a great synergy hey what a great synergy and i think that's a great synergy for for our guest today um you know as always we try and invite some amazing human beings onto this podcast and i think we've done that again today um welcome to our podcast ethan good everyone um call ethan aho um, and yeah, thank you very much, Prajish and Tane, for, for having me on today. Now I've been um, really excited to come on board and you know, I, I really like what you guys are doing and um, you know, giving that platform for people to, to yeah, share, share their story and share, share their journey and experiences um, through every, yeah, certain aspects of their life. Well, thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's really, it's a pleasure for us to have you on here. Um, so before we get, get into that there, tell us about yourself, Ethan. Tell our listeners out there, who is Ethan? What is he doing right now in his life? And then we'll get into your story. So I always start with my origins. Um, yeah, I was born and born and raised in Wellington. Um, grew up here pretty much first uh, 16 years of my life before I moved up to do my final year of high school up in Fielding. Um, and that was before coming down to Dunedin. Um, throughout my life, I've been really massive on my sports. Um, and also huge passion in my life is, is around the sea. So I'm massive about um, spearfishing, freediving um, and fishing, basically anything on the water that involves um, getting kaimawana is um, me to a T. So awesome. yeah, and then also big values of my life, uh, our family always, you know, they're, they're my foundation, they're, they're my backbone. So, um, you know, obviously being away for so long, especially being, you know, going up and down the country and whatnot has been a bit of a challenge, but um oh, it's always one of those ones you know we keep that contact not uh, very close contact um is yeah it's just a massive massive part of who i am um and yeah so main sports in my life was rugby i played rugby basically all my life growing up um and you know i've i've enjoyed the game ever since i was a little kid i've only recently just stopped playing 
um, just due to injuries and whatnot. But still have a um, yeah, still have a good good love for the game. So and it's taught me a lot um, in my life, both directly and indirectly. Awesome. I love I love the way you've you've um, spoken about yourself there. That you know, family is important for you. Sport has been a big part of your life, but also Kaimoana has been pretty important for you. Talking about Kaimoana, how was it living in the building where you're not um, close to any? Well, yeah, that was, and you know, this is an interesting one. I always try to explain to people like the sea is such a big part of my life. When I did move up there for that year, being away or not having that, you know, um, at hand access to the water was a uh, pretty. Yeah, it was pretty rough. Um, you know, it, obviously at the same time, I was up there for, for rugby um, on, on a scholarship there. But, you know, it's those things where even though you might be up there for an opportunity, when you're not where you're, where you're grounding, you know, when your grounded aspects are, where, where, you're, where your home is essentially for me, it's, uh, it was pretty tough. Um, yeah, things just weren't flowing the way they would naturally when I've been able to, you know, get out for a dive on every, uh, most sad days and whatnot. Yeah, so, yeah, that was a big, big challenge for me, man. I can imagine, and I guess you know, it's it's, it's pretty, it's pretty hard because <clears throat> you have the opportunity for your sport, but mm. it's actually when you move away from your sport that you realize your real passion comes to play. I'm guessing Ooh, that's, yeah. when, that's when you realize, wait a minute, oh, um, big time, man. Yeah, um, you know, any opportunity I got to come home, um, sort of towards so I was at the start and end of the of the school year, um, I took it because you know with the rugby season we were traveling all throughout the North Island um, most weekends. And if not, we're playing at home. So never really got an opportunity to go home um, yeah. throughout that mid-year. But it was great, obviously. You know, if I managed, if things, you know, if the stars aligned and weather was good on a Saturday, Sunday, and I was back, it was straight around to the coast. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. Um, so one thing I want, I want to touch on is you mentioned that whānau and family are very important for you. So you were living in fielding, like, oh, man, I'm away from my whānau. Then you made the choice to move away, further away. What, yeah. what, what, is, what is your thinking around that there? So, um, I guess obviously getting into, into high school. So I'd, I'd done fairly well through my um, high school rugby, um, oh, whatever you want to call it, career journey, um, and managed to score myself a spot in the Otago Rugby Union Academy and also um, have the privilege to be on a player, player development contract. So, yeah, in terms of opportunities, it was that case of, you know, just biting the bullet, um, but it's a bit of sacrifice, I guess, and, you know, taking on, you know, jumping into my, jumping into, uh, out of my comfort zone um, and moving all the way down. And obviously the uni was a slight interest to me, but at the time my head was pretty 100% rugby. I was, um, oh, I guess, you know, when you're pretty young and game, uh, game, you know, 18 year old and you're getting opportunities like that, you, you um, sort of, everything else goes out the window. And you just straight into it. So, I mean, awesome. That, that's awesome that you know. I mean, as an eighteen-year-old, you get this contract that sits in front of you. I mean, like you said, what's you're like? Well, who cares about university as an eighteen-year-old? Yeah. You know, a lot, <laughs> a lot of young people in New Zealand. You know, rugby is the main sport for a lot of young men here. Or rugby league. Hundred percent, man. Yeah, and you get this yeah. in front of you. What are you gonna say? No, I've got to go to university. Yeah, you know. Exactly. I mean, that was, was pretty much being on what was going through my head at the time. It was kind of like, oh, you know. I'd say I was about 95% hit in, in the rugby game and then about 5% in my uni game, which was reflected in that year. But yeah. I mean, um, oh, it was it was quite an interesting year that first year. Obviously, I sort of came down quite naive, you know, in the sense that I was just completely um, focused and honed in on rugby. And rugby, when I did get there in the first year, took up a lot of time for me and energy, you know. I guess, yeah, you've got your two club trainings plus 
um, going to Sweet Club. And then the unit, yeah, the academy would be running you through five trainings on top of that. So it was a lot of, it was a quite a heavy workload for, you know, someone who'd come fresh out of high school, made the trip down. At the time, I wasn't the most self-driven when I was, uh, if I had to stick to a schedule or, a, you know, expectations that a coach had sort of laid out for me, that was easy to go by. But, you know, it was jumping into a completely whole new, um, whole new pond, really. You, know, you yeah. go from high school where it's like, oh yeah, you think you've got it all down pack. You think you understand all the ins and outs that are required, but you jump into the big pond and then all of a sudden you're surrounded by, you know, top level players, um, some of the best in the world. And you're kind of like, jeepers, it's a, it's a long way to go, a long journey to go before you yeah. can start um, feeling comfortable. And they would have been crazy for you because you have, you you you're, you're the top of your game when you're feeling high school. You come you come down here where you, like you said before, you have all these amazing other players around you. But also at the same time, you have this academic, um, I guess, expectation, sort of expectation that you've got to try and achieve a certain a certain level. And how did how did you how did you manage that there? Because like you said, rugby was the main thing for you. And now you so, to... I mean, I I jumped, I, I kind of jumped in blindly and sort of thought, you know, okay, I did the sciences at school. First year house sciences shouldn't be too bad. And I know Protania's probably looking at me and cracking at even yourself probably laughing at that one because even I do. I look back on it and um, yeah. I crack up at my, my thoughts that were going through my head in terms of enrolling into first year house science. And I jumped into it just sort of for the sake of saying I went to uni and so that it, that could go alongside the footy. Um, yeah. Just so I could say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. But when really uni was on the back burner pretty much seven days a week you know it was um i'd go to we'd have trainings that we'd have, we'd have trainings about 5 30 in the morning and then first lecture was at about eight so you'd have to shower up have breakfast at after training at the um academy gym rush the rush the lectures you'd be watching lectures for you know four or five hours you know throughout the campus and staying on library to try study and then you're back at training again at night after and i just ended up fizzling out in the end and i kind of just flaked it I guess um but I guess yeah and at the same time I was just so immersed in the footy and and driven to try and achieve and I mean when I got down there to Dunedin I um got an opportunity to play for the Tong under 21 side awesome. and so you know when you're building on like that it's like oh the dream's starting to yeah. you know fall into place you know one team after another and you sort of, I was hoping that this journey was going to just run smoothly um, and so on. But uh, that didn't quite happen, unfortunately. Yeah, but, but that's crazy, you know, because, you know, when you're, when you're a young person, this is for anybody out there, when things are falling into place, you go, hey, this is it. I'm, 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 I'm hitting my stride. I'm doing, I'm doing well. But as we all know, life doesn't work like that. Life yeah. doesn't work like that at all. And do you want to tell us when life just changed a little bit for you? So you're you're the under 21 Tongan side, things are going all yep. good, and then what happens? Okay, so roughly this is, and I can, I'll can i give you the exact date, but yeah, so yeah. I just got back from playing for the Tongan 21 side. We played at the Oceania tournament. We didn't do too well, but um, at the same time, it was a massive um, privilege and just huge honour to represent my ethnic uh, country of ethnic background, um, especially on behalf of my nan. Uh, my nan was a massive driver when she was around um for me and just everything that I sort of did from both the schooling to footy so I got back from the team and was playing a few games um played a few games for for my under 21 side at the club and then 
got my shot at playing prems. And I, jam- I played a game of prems. It was on Saturday, the 22nd of June, 2018. Went well. Everything was great. Uh, camp managers were happy. was looking good. And then the Tuesday after, I went to a training. And um, after training, went home. Went to have just a midday nap. By then, it was mid-year break. And I went to sleep. And all of a sudden, my um, left foot just started... Um, Oh, it just started swelling up and just oh. massive amount of searing pain. And I was sitting there thinking, and at the time, I, I, live, I was living in my own flat by myself, no one else. Uh, it was like a sort of granny flat where there were yep. three sections, uh, three, three rooms, uh, apartments in it. And then I was at the back. And um, basically, my foot swelled up to the size of about a rugby ball, oh, <laughs> like wow. doubled in size almost. Oh, and wow. the pain was like, I always explain it to people, like someone had got a knife and was just jamming it in my foot and I didn't know what was happening I thought my ankle was locking up and all sorts and so you know I called my mate he took me to the uh, emergency doctors down on Moray Place or just around from Moray Place had to wait in there was just absolute agony um you know I couldn't the the pain was just unbearable it was the worst pain I've ever experienced and I had no clue what was going on um waited for about an hour and a half the time I saw the doctor, he looked a bit confused. He thought I could have broken it, thought it could have been gout. So anyways, I went through this big process um, of just going in and out to, to different doctors and each one didn't know what was going on. So I think over that course of the week from the Tuesday to the Sunday when I'd actually, I'd flown home on the Friday, I'd seen about eight doctors oh, for wow. them to finally identify that I'd had cellulitis. Oh, wow. And it was very weird because it was, I had three blood tests done this that week and they said um, all the indicators for infection were just normal. Like there was yeah. no spike until the very last day when, yeah, they were like, they'd run two in the same morning and the surgeon came back and said, yeah, you've got a gnarly case of cellulitis and it started to spread out my leg. Oh, wow. And so they admitted me, they kept me in hospital for a week Um I guess it's a classic. I feel like this is a classic with surgeons as they come in and, oh, you know, if you came in a day later, we would have had to think about amputation. And yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, you have to say, you're saying that because I'm 18. So, you know, so I thought, um, yeah, it was pretty gnarly. And so after that, I, yeah, did my treatment at hospital. They sent me on my way home and um, I went about my business, couldn't walk for another, what was it, four weeks after that? So a total of six weeks off feet. And then once I started, the swelling went back down and the infection had gone. Try to keep walking around, but nothing. It just, my foot never fully, completely um, reduced in swelling and pain. Always was yeah. just in pain. Yeah. And so I carried on like that till December. Went and got another, I went and saw a surgeon back in Wellington. He got an MRI, scans the joint and he goes, sans foot and he says, oh, you've got like a really bad case of arthritis. Like your joint is just liquid. I was oh, like, what wow. does that mean? He was like, so the cartilage in between the T5 tarsometatarsal joint, which is just like a shock absorber is almost, just stops the bones from rubbing. It's all, it's all just liquid now. It just shatters. And oh, you've wow. been walking around with the bone just grinding and grinding and grinding. So the arthritis had developed and I said, okay, what, uh, what does that mean? <laughs> and he goes, well, there's only one procedure and there's a joint fusion. I said, okay, does that mean I'm going to play rugby again? And he goes, well, I do this for patients who are like 65 plus, oh, not 20, not, not 18 year old rugby yeah. players. And I said, oh, well, I play in the scrum. 
will the metal be able to handle this gun? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> so it was, you know, I'm sitting there yeah. in this in this room, like, so you're telling me that you don't know if I'm going to play rugby? And he's yeah. like, pretty much. And I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I remember sitting in the car and before I turned the ignition, it was just, oh, like so much confusion. And in terms of like emotional confusion, I was just blank. You know, I just remember staring at the, at the steering wheel of my little Honda Civic, um, which is my first car. And I was just sitting there just like, wow. You know, I, I never thought this would be me. I'd seen other people, like I'd seen other players around me, older, younger, same age, that had been like, you know, shoulder replacements and, you know, they've either made a comeback or they've just said, nah, you know, um, that's that. And I was just like, oh, far out. I'm the I'm the example, the the idea that if you have, you know, need your plan B, you know, yeah. and I never thought of plan B properly. And so that summer I was working and doing a bit of labouring and um, oh, I went, yeah, went pretty downhill because I'd done a lot of work, even just, just with what I could do. You know, for the first time in my life, I'd picked up the ability to sort of take my take it on my own account to train and, you know, I knuckled, yeah. I had a shit first semester. So I tried really hard to pick up the second seven. I was doing all these things and I thought, right, if I get these in line, things will just be all right. And that just cut that right off, you know, yeah. stopped that feeling of progression and, um this is probably the you know, first summer i'd experienced some like some form of episode like means one wellness episode i was at work standing there one morning having my coffee and um just had a fallout panic attack for no apparent reason there was no no sort of trigger for it yeah i just remember standing there whole face just clenched up for about 20 seconds i felt like i was basically paralyzed watching my boss and my uh, other colleagues i was working with walking around for about 20 seconds, I just could not move. And I oh, was wow. just this massive feeling of just anxiousness and just fear of something. And I didn't quite know what. And I had to run to the car, just sat in there, just had to, had to take, you know, about five, five, 10 minutes just for myself. And it was just, yeah, it was pretty gnarly. Because I, for me, it was that uncertainty. You know, all that thing, that message, you know, from a few words the surgeon said, yeah, it wasn't like a muscle injury where you can just kind of rehab your way through it. He was like, right, I'm putting metal in your foot. Don't know if you're going to play. And yeah. so starting, you know, going into the second year at uni, there was a lot of question marks, so many question marks in my head. Um, and yeah, that, and I mean, this wasn't really my, this wasn't my first time experience like mental and wellness. My, yeah. my journey goes right back to when I was 14. But in terms of the more recent times, yeah, that one was the big shakeup. Yeah. Um, it basically, yeah, that losing that for me, I lost a sense of who I was. Totally. You yeah. Know, I'd growing up, footy was was something that I really wore on, you know, wore on my sleeve. You know, it was something that I just loved playing since I was a kid. And um, when it came to family and whatnot, you know, a lot of you know a lot of that family time was revolving around my my games on Saturday. You know, we, we look forward to that, the trainings, the prize givings, the, the team trips and stuff. Yeah, totally. So having that ripped away was initially a very difficult thing. Um, mm -hmm. Lost so much confidence in myself. And it was hard, yeah. I only really had my my dad to, to talk to at the time. Yeah. Um, cause, so that was, for me, you know, 
you're going into into, into seeing that like, settings with with your mates from footy and it was it was tough because they're all tracking along just yarning as you would as yeah. a footy team and you just feel like you're slowly sort of drifting away because you can't be on that same level yeah that's pretty crazy because i thank you for sharing that because i think that's really powerful and i think um you know what you can see from there is your sense of identity was lost because even because even though you were ethan you were not just ethan you were ethan the footy player and all of a sudden in basically in an instant that footy player but disappeared and now you go actually who the hell is ethan like who is ethan because now um mm. your big identity is gone and but going back so this was your second year of university was it or was it your first year of university when it happened? so the second year of uni uh for me there were there are a few things that i'd tried can, to can, can i ask you a question was this just happened in your first year or your second year this this oh uh, the injury yeah the injury yeah uh injury was in the first year okay, so cool. the illness illness and arthritis was in the first awesome. year and yeah so can i ask you so so sorry <laughs> sorry so you have this happen to you yeah what makes you want to come back like you know you have this this crisis here and you go i'm my honda civic like damn what's going on here the easiest <laughs> decision for some people is to go actually i'm cutting my ties this is it i'm just gonna stay at home what made you want to go back? So, uh, in tandem with the surgeon, I spoke to him about it, and I said, "Look, what? Like, you really think I need this a hundred percent?" And he was like, "Oh," and this is also with appointments with my GP as well. Yep. And you know, my GP wasn't really the greatest with it. His, his more advice was try not to think about it, and it will just disappear. And I was like, "Oh, really? Like?" I've got arthritis in my foot and you're telling me to just not think about it. Yeah. But my surgeon said, look, try, just see how you go in the pre-season. So, yeah, and then if, it, if it's worse, you can call us back up and we'll book, an, we'll book the surgery date. So it gave me that little glimmer, like, you know, if I just do this, take that. So, of course, coming back down was like, okay, I'm going to show that, you know, these injuries never can, can confine me to, to, you know, recovery and rehab protocols. I've... My whole high school career, since I started playing, you know, first 15 and second year, uh, and sorry, first 15 and year 12, um, you know, I, I was dealing with injuries all through and through. And so my my mind was, if there was a slight chance that I could just grind through it, I'll take it and run with it. And yep. basically sacrifice my own physical um, well-being for the sake of, you know, showing people I can play rugby. Um so I went back down in that second year thinking, right, I'm going to give that preseason a crack and just see how it goes. And so I went in, taped up, tried to get out there, took three steps of the first jog. And I just looked at my coach and said, no, nah, I'm not playing this season. Yeah. And um, so I went to my academy managers. And, you know, with the academy, basically it's a three-year thing uh, where you, you are a part of the academy for three years before they let you go. And plus the contract. Yeah. still had one more year on it which was that second year so other players who i'd seen who'd had big injuries and leg breaks they just work through with what they can and i sort of took it on myself i was like right you know i'm gonna do what i can just throughout this year i know playing's off the cards um but at the same time I, there, were, there were a lot of things i still could do in the academy just it was a bit hard not being able to do the rugby side of it. Yeah, totally. You know, so um, so yeah, after that preseason, you know, I tried to say try to do it. I said um to club coaches, can managers, 
nah, I can't, I can't do it. And then obviously called the surgeon. I said, look, can we get a, can we get a date booked for the surgery? And so once I'd come to grips with that, um, you know, I'd, I'd re-signed up to, to have a crack at doing the first year for B-side uh, physiology. Yep. So that was just basically repeating a lot of the papers I'd failed in the first year. And that was a daunting process initially, initially, because it presented a challenge that previously I'd failed. And I guess for me, that was quite a scary thing because I was so used to just kind of chipping away and succeeding, you know, one after the other. Um, but, you know, I really looked at myself and I said, look, you're going to have a crack at this and you show yourself that you can actually do this. Because again, with the loss in confidence, us being told rugby gone, and then reflecting on my first year at uni, which was absolutely atrocious, yeah, confidence levels were not big. They were very, very low. And um, yeah, so I just knuckled down on that first that year again and just attacked it really, like try to have a crack at it, take that drive I had with rugby and put it into that, as well as try to find other interests. So that year I got real big into taking care of my health and nutrition, which was growing up, which were two things for me that I was very poor with. Yeah. Um, so it was awesome to be able to have your little interest and hobby on one side and like your career focus or, you know, um, yeah, basically your career focus, but taking that drive that you'd built from rugby and just basically redirecting it into that. Which is awesome, you know, because a lot of people don't do that. They they lose their identity and they go, okay, cool, this is all over. And um, it's and it's pretty awesome that you've you've said, all right, cool, I've got this drive here. Let me just shift the drive into a different into a different space. But let me go back a little bit. So that's awesome. But you also you also mentioned in this in the summer break you had your your first well your most recent mental episode, I guess, mental health episode. Were you wary of that when you when you came to Tunisia as well? When you came back down, was it something? Oh, actually, wait a minute. Or was it? Or did you just go right? Cool. It happened. It was a moment, and I carry on. Nah, look, I came home, and you know, I spoke with my old man yeah. just about it. I um, basically just said, like, you know, I don't know. I just explained how I was feeling at the time. I was just yeah. like, you know, I just don't feel like me. I feel like I'm just lost. And he was just saying, yeah, well, you've dealt with a pretty major blow to, to yourself um, physically, but also, you know, being in that space of uncertainty, you know, I just kind of thought, well, yeah, what am I, you know, and I explained what happened at work. Um, and yeah, we just had a good chat actually just out on the deck. We're just sitting there looking out at the sea and um, yarning about that. So I, I always take it, I always, I, I kept that in mind. It was not something that I just walked past. It was a case of acknowledging that that had happened. Um, just so that down the track, you know, if, if I was to do things that were going to help me cope a bit better or give me something to fall back on, if those come up, that was the idea behind um, having, having a chat with the old man just to see, you know, and then also doing things for myself so that I could, I wouldn't say, yes, kind of put safeguards up, really, for my own self. Because it, it is pretty scary, right? This happens, and I think it goes back to right what Tony and I said at the start, is the communication. You know, it would have been so easy for you being being a rugby player, being this is your life, and this happens to you, and just to have to hide the facade. Because as you mentioned before, hey, in a in a rugby community, people are just moving ahead. It takes a big thing, and we'll talk about it in a second, to go, actually, 
Things aren't okay. Um, mm. There's actually something else going on here. So um, you spoke about finding your other interests when you were in your second year, which was, you know, your health and nutrition. Anything else that, that popped up for you that actually, wait a minute, this is my, I'm going to flow well, this now. The, my actual like course became a massive interest for me. Um, especially the physiology side of it, hence, yeah. hence why I got into physiology now. Yeah. Um, because for me, we, I remember we were doing immunology as, as one of the um, topics, and they're explaining the whole immune system response to infection and rah, 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 this, and the lymph system and everything. And I'm like, okay, so you're explaining all these defense mechanisms that my body's supposed to be doing. You don't get a little scratch on my foot and, and something gets inside yeah. and then they're talking about cutting my leg off. And they're like, I just got real captivated by that. I was like questioning the lecture. I was like, why did this happen to me? Why, why did my, um, you know, cytokines and everything, you know, pour out in the bloodstream and target and kill that. Yeah. It was just a normal little staph infection that got in a yeah. tiny, because even the surgeon couldn't find the actual. Um, they started. Little, oh, wow. Yeah, they could, they, there was no, there was no wound or anything on the yeah. foot. I just said, oh, some guy stepped on it on Saturday's game and they thought, oh, we'll run off that and call it broken. Yeah. But some, he said there was a tiny wee bit of dry skin, which he put it down to, oh, yeah, that must have split. And then, so yeah, anyway, um, I sat behind after a tutorial one day, just talking with this lecturer for ages about it. And it really did sort of get, yeah, it made me so interested because it was, I guess, anger. <laughs> you know? I was like angry at physiology, like, why is this not, you know, why does this not, why does this not work with me? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it became, it became a full-time thing. You know, I was really enjoying just being in that scheduled routine and still having to commit to the footy, um, footy side of things with the, with the academy. So I was still expected to show up to gym sessions and pet, uh, play development sessions and all, all those kinds, kinds of things. Um, so, you know, I was, I was quite busy. I was very, I still had a lot, to do it wasn't like i was just sitting you know allowing yeah. things to just pile up yeah yeah so you know like i i finally i went from being someone who was yet yeah, not very self-driven like i again like i said earlier i used to just you know they laid out a, a formula or just a, a spreadsheet for me and said right you just got to do that i could do that you know easily but if you took that away from me i'd just kind of old me would just be like okay well <laughs> time to sit down and Slap on, slap on a movie, jam some, jam some PS4, and it'll be me. Yeah. So it was cool to really work on those little self-building things, you know, get myself into a disciplined system and routine. But that was another goal for me to yeah. just build. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say like a new me. I'd just say just re reshaping. So yeah. that took a lot of my time and effort as well. And uh, but it was it was all it was all willful. You know, awesome. I really wanted to do these things, become a structured, tidy, scheduled person. And, yeah. you know, it did take time. Yeah. You know, it took time building into it. But no, it was, it was, yeah, it was a cool, it was a cool year, second year. Awesome. And, and so awesome because what I want to ask you is, was that an internal driver or was there someone externally out there that, 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 that guided you? So, hey, actually, Ethan, maybe it was all internal. Internal, man. I remember, so when I, Came out of it. Yeah. It, it all came from when I got, you know, when I got told uh, after I've got the foot injury, my coaches for the Otago under 19 team said, that's you, mate, you're done. Like for the year, we're not going to force you, we're not going to put you in the team because we know we don't want to, like, 
don't want you to get any worse, like in terms of damaging your foot. And I sat there in my flat and I had a massive conversation with myself. So last time I suffered a big injury, so I'd done my AC joint for the oh, for the first time, but I'd repeatedly done it. I never got to rest it. And I just grinded out the last back end of the season. I was constantly smashing it up, smashing it up. Got to the end of that season. This was after, this was in high school. And, um, you know, I played through the last of my first 15 games, uh, all the rep season. And basically my arm was just, no good. I could hardly lift my arm, uh, my hand above my hip for ages. And, wow. you know, I just pointed finger and blamed the world. And I was like, you know what, bugger this. And I ended up just going off on the summer, just a, I'd call it an eatathon. I was just eating and eating and eating. Um, and so, you know, lastly, I, I really reflected back on that and how that, how I felt. You know, I thought I had two options here. You're either going to go back and do what you did last time, or you were going to try and, do something that you've never been able to do before. Stick to something and adhere to it. Be consistent and do the, the things that essentially make you uncomfortable. Yeah. I hated training hard. I hated it. I only did it because I knew it would make my rugby better. But yeah. doing this for myself was so much better than doing it because a coach told me to do it. Awesome. You know, having yeah. a reason, your own purpose to do it. Yeah. You know, not just like, okay, it's for the sport. I'm only going to do this and be miserable for the sport, you know. But now I was able to translate that and be like, I can do this myself. I can do this my sport. You know, I built that in me now. I fell in love with that process rather than that sort of, you know, end goal, that fickle, well, not fickle, just very unstable sort yeah. of goal. And I guess because the key thing is a lot of people in our lives these days, that's what happens, right? You only do stuff because of a sudden outcome. I'm yeah. going to study because I want the grades. I only want to exercise because I want to get fit because I want to do this here. As opposed to, as uh, when I speak to some of my some clients that I work with, it's like, why do you lose your weight? Oh, because I want to be healthy, but for what purpose? Oh, because I want to look great. Oh, yeah, but that actually really why you want to do it. So um, it's awesome that this, and it's really hard. I mean, you know, 100%. as you speak, speak about it today, it sounds like a simple process, but we both know that it's 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 tough. It's oh, so much easier to sit man. down. Yeah, you can sit down and watch TV. Who cares? Nobody cares. Well, everyone sort of thinks it's the start end thing yeah, yeah i yeah. used to think that i used to think okay 12 weeks to this you know eight yeah. weeks to that when you realize you know is if, if people looked at it the same way you looked at life you don't just start a job and think oh you know i'm gonna start year one year two that's me done i'm you know yeah finish the rest of my life yeah you know, it's a constant journey you know you, totally. you can't you can't not maintain it's just like, like i say it should just be like brushing your teeth you know yeah. you might miss it once you might miss it twice, but you always keep pulling back onto it you know you know you need to do that over and over again but as it it's not the case if oh yeah you get white teeth and then oh yeah leave it yeah you gotta maintain exactly yeah and you know i I, you know those those 12 week things or whatever if you if you look at it properly it's okay cool it's for me to build the habits and Mm. i just use i carry on the habit without having this this plan around me which is hard to do yeah like yeah that's i guess for me it was yeah trying to learn the underlying um values behind driving you know doing being self-driven yeah you know if you can stick to something adhering something um building that habit building those those habits for me those were very foreign ideas i didn't have that my mates around me did i used to really just oh resent it hey i know it's like no mate you wouldn't catch me near a dumbbell you wouldn't catch me running the roads yeah but then i just really fell in love with you know taking care of my own health and seeing how i could perform and 
it really did help me, I guess, cope with not having rugby there. Yeah. Um, you know, mentally, I was feeling great. Physically, you know, that just came with it. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, I just used to love getting in it, love getting in it, even on the worst days, I love getting in there. And really? so that second year, it was great that I had that, but I did also deal with being somewhat of an outsider. Yeah. Like I really did feel outcasted in some sense. So I flattered with a whole bunch of fellas who, you know, they're my best mates. Um, you know, I, I love the boys and I, I miss them dearly. Um, but it was for me, personally, this was nothing on them. It was just like we'd all been together playing rugby. You know, we'd all been on that same yeah. path. And now all of a sudden, I wasn't on that same focus track. Like, yes, I was still in the academy, but I was more so trying to re to, to redefine things and, and just I'd reshaped how my, my approach was to, to the year. And as much as we still had academy stuff days together, I wasn't playing rugby on Saturdays. I yeah. was only with them in the gym and then they'd go out on the field get to pass the ball and run around and I just had to stand there and, and watch. And it was hard, you know, because it was like you couldn't have those same chats with them. You couldn't have you really build that same kind of, you know, share that same platform to yarn. Yeah, they yeah. come home from Tuesday, Thursday training. I'd be at the flat by myself that whole hour and a half that they're at training. Or then, you know, they go have clubbies after. And, or, you know, I'd have to, um, I decided to coach one of the junior teams at the club. And so I'd have that. That was great. But it's still not, you know, for me being 19, I just wanted to play. <laughs> I was just like, I, and I'll tell you what, man, like I was coaching the under 20s team and I was still eligible to play for the team. And this was about two, you know, leading up to the surgery. I was just like, should I do it? I was like to the boys, should I just chuck on the boots? Like I seriously was so just itching to get back on. But yeah, yeah. it made it difficult for me because there were a bit, there were clashy heads here and there, or yeah. just more like um clash of interests. You know, yeah. the boys were doing the rugby thing. I was hard out into my gymming and whatnot. Yeah. And yeah, like, you know, I used to I was very passionate about, you know, getting into the gym and sort of building that. And so the boys used to have uh, have you know um, take a few little little digs at me and whatnot, which was always quite funny. But um, at the same time, it did. It was funny at first, but it did also make me feel a bit like, oh, you know, bit of a am I am I being a poser? Ra ra ra. So that that was a bit difficult for me, just not having that same sort of mutual connection with them anymore. Yeah, yeah. and I guess this happens, you know, when you when you're in a, when you're in a tribe, your tribe is linked by a common interest. And now, so mm. you still have you still have the common interests, but the tribe has moved on to diff their interests are a little bit different mm. because they're focusing on, let's say, the hunt, and you can't do the hunt anymore because you've just got to do the you've got to stay back and do the skinning of the meat. You're skinning, yeah. Like, oh it's, damn! Let's try to describe it. Whether and it wasn't the it's not putting it on them being like, oh, yep. they're cutting me off. It's just we weren't on the same track anymore. Essentially, yep. we weren't exactly. on the exact same track, and yep. so yeah, it was it was it was a hard one. But you know, I tried. Yeah, we still got along. We still had good times together, yeah. and it was a great year. But yeah. those were some of the, yeah, that, that was that was one of the main challenges. Not being there in the same lane as them anymore. I was just kind of outside. I was, yeah. I was just kind of on the well, on the inside of it, on that yeah. left lane, and they're sort of just cruising down the right, but a little yeah. bit faster, you know. And I think that that's also a reminder that life happens, you know. Life happens to people around us, you know. So we live our life 
and we also forget that others are living their lives as well at the same time and they're trying to achieve their goals or whatever and then you know it's it's very easy for us to go oh it's their fault not my fault you know but hey like oh, us no yeah the point finger thing i was a massive i used to, yeah growing up i used to you know and it's it's i feel like it is a very innate thing for us is yeah. to when when things hit the fan it's like oh i don't really want it to bring back on me so it's going to be easier to blame you know for me blame my foot blame yeah. my circumstance blame that i flattered by myself blame this blame that yeah. Rah, rah. yeah but you know, sometimes now uh, I've learned better now to be like, well, just take it on. If you take it on the chin, yeah, you gain a lot more out of that. Yes, it it hurts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Any anything accepting, accepting, uh, owning up to anything's gonna hurt. Yeah, because we are beings that it's it's uncomfortable for us. We don't like having that yeah. kind of stressor on us. However, if you get comfortable with taking things on the chin, you will be a lot more open to to growth. You'll be okay. open to learning new things. You know, as much as it's a hard pill to swallow, what you gain out of it is massive. And yeah. I think as well, just as a character, in terms of your character, people, it's a lot easier to sort of break down barriers and share with people when yeah. you have that censorship of, I'm, you know, I'm someone who can take that, take that on, you know, and wear that and um, be able to talk and, you know, myself up to what you have to say. Totally. So, yeah, that was... Yeah, it was a big learning for me taking things on the chin and yeah it was like yeah so with the foot i could have blamed everything on that and i could have just yeah i could have moved home could have dropped it all and just said oh you know to, to i had arthritis yeah. mate i got a surgery that only 65 year olds get oh she's never gonna do it yeah but i yeah it just for me sparked something to just be like well wanted to prove that i'm a bit more than just a rugby player i can do yeah. other things with myself yeah, and it's important to say that because a lot of a lot of us in our worlds live 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 by these titles that people give to us. I am I'm X Y Z, and if I'm not X Y Z, then oh damn, what am I? And Ooh. it's very it's very hard to shift to A B C, right? If you X Y Z X Y Z, they take Mate. that away, then you go oh, gotta be A B C. Nah, too hard, too hard. Yeah, yeah, it's like oh no, nah, that doesn't work for me. It's not clicking for me. Thank you for listening to Basket's Knowledge. Yeah, we hope that you found something useful to put into your basket of knowledge. And as we said before, remember to put something little into your baskets of knowledge every week. And as always, feel free to like, comment and share this podcast. Thanks, everybody. Bye.